0: Hello and welcome. I'm Ty, and this is The Schooner Pod, brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network, a department of Omaze Media Labs. We here at The Schooner Pod would like to thank our sponsors at DraftKings for making this episode possible, and then, of course, our tremendous fans. Tonight, I'm going to be joined by The Schooner Pod's resident pirate, Boat and Blake. Uh, we will be sailing out to the Atlantic coast, a place known for piracy back in the day if you guys know your history, and we're in search of some juicy, juicy gambling booty. So, thanks for joining me tonight, Blake.
1: Thank you, Ty. What? As always, what a great introduction. I love when Ty gets the hosting duties. We saw uh, his chops on the, I guess it was the March Madness one, with some good one-liners here and there, and now Bobby is somehow given us the keys to the ship, but... I'm excited to talk some ACC football. I know it's an area you know well and uh, a conference that was really wacky and weird last year that we got Pitt out of all teams to win uh, the conference and Clemson not being in the conference title game. So I'm excited to talk about this conference. I was excited to talk about Big Ten. Big Ten was pretty straight shooter. Ohio State's probably going to win it. This, we got a lot of different angles that we can cover.
0: I think there's definitely a lot in store, but before we get started, Blake, uh, little surprise for you. I have unilaterally decided to give you a promotion within the schooner pod from captain. As we all know, you are a captain, uh, of, of gambling, uh, captain Boat and Blake, and I will be promoting you right now to Commodore of covers, which is above captain. So without further ado, let me just read your promotion here. Um, to all who shall see these, presents greetings. Know ye that reposing special trust and confidence in the fidelity and gambling abilities of Boat and Blake, I do appoint thee a Commodore of Covers. And we actually have an official uh, promotion warrant here. You can see it is signed uh, by. I'll let you read who that's signed for by for the uh, the podcast listeners. It Bobby's going <laughs> to Bobby's going to blurt out probably. So it, it, yeah, yeah. Bobby's very excited right now. So. Blake is now a Commodore and, and shall be addressed as such. So with that being said, before we roll in, this is a gambling podcast as part of our the weekend spread, as what we like to call it during the season. So this is the preseason of the weekend spread. And we do want to say that down in the description of this, we got some help links. If you have a gambling problem, please seek uh, some help for that because we don't want this to get in the way of, of real life. But without further ado, let's roll right in. So... Right at the start, we're going to start with what everyone is sort of on their minds. And I think it might be a little bit more up in the air or just a little bit murkier than people would expect. Who are we thinking are the the prime contenders? I know a lot of people would say prime contender singular, but we don't know.
1: Yes. Uh, so when I when I'm breaking this down, I'm looking at four different teams. I got to think of two from the Atlantic Conference, two from the Coastal Conference. I know conferences are probably not going to be a th- or divisions are in a conference are not going to be a thing in a few years, but I still like the weirdness that it brings the title game. So we'll first look at probably the most prominent one when you think of it. That's the Atlantic. That's with Clemson. They're the odds-on favorite. I've uh, over at DraftKings. They're one hundred and twenty to win uh, the ACC as a whole. You have to give money to the book. That is heavily juiced. And look, Ty, this Clemson squad's going to be good. Uh, If you look at their offense, they're bringing back nine starters. Uh, They bring back basically every key lineman. But like beyond those starters, this was a very underwhelming team on offense last year. Like I don't know how good that is right now. DJU is the presumed starter, and we saw him last year, and my goodness, like <laughs> it was it was horrible. Like it was a it was a horrible sight to watch. Uh, really, Clemson's defense was holding the line the entire time, and their offense couldn't score points. Like. They had chances to beat Georgia if they would have just scored a single touchdown. They would have had chances to beat NC State. They would have had chances to beat, I'm forgetting who else they, but they lost three games in conference, which is just nothing you would nothing you would think of from a Clemson team. And so, DJ used the guy, but they got Kay Klubnick behind him, who was a five-star. They got another guy named Hunter Johnson, who's a Northwestern transfer. So, I like what they have on the defensive side of the ball. Their offensive pieces are good, but they have no quarterback. So I, people are going to just slam Clemson because they think it's a Dabo team, but get them out of here. I don't want anything to do with this team this year.
0: For sure. And we would be remiss to mention as an OU podcast that they obviously lost their defensive coordinator, uh, Brent Venerables, as, as Bobby would say, to come be our, our head coach here at OU. So like you pointed out, this was a team that really rode on their defense last year. And and that's what sort of carried them through with a very, very flat, very disappointing, very uncharacteristic offense for them. And, and you mentioned specifically, you know, DJU, their their uh, quarterback, he's, he's rough for me because I I don't know that I'm convinced that he's a flop just yet. Uh, That might be a, a pretty cold take, but he's was, you know, he's, he's a blue chip guy coming in. And I just feel like I'm worried that if I bet against him, something's going to click for him and he's going to meet expectations because that's always possible at the, at the college level, especially at this sort of formative time. So yeah, Clemson is a, a tricky one for sure. I think by far they are definitely the, the expectant winners. And, and we've heard, you know, the same old same old story from a lot of these other teams that we're about to mention within the conference and, and they never seem to materialize either. So, uh, but yeah, an important point too, you, like you mentioned, you know, one possession game that they lost against the national champions as as well. That was very early in the season, but yeah, this Clemson team, even with a disappointing quarterback, very flat offense last year and complete, you know, a lot of turnover on the defensive side. Uh, who knows? I, I think that's going to be the story of, of this entire conference as we continue to roll through is just who knows
1: really. Yeah, because there's so many question marks when, uh, when you look at all the main contenders and even some of the midfield in this conference that, Clemson, it's like, yes, they beat up on all, all the bad teams, but they lost to NC State, Pittsburgh, and Georgia, like the three teams that were either equal to them or better than them last year. And I just, you, Dabo having to basically build an entire new coaching staff, which was the bright spot of Clemson. Like, Tony Elliott also left to go to Virginia, I believe, and that that's a huge thing. Like, Dabo, for the longest time, He was taking less money in order to have his coaching staff be paid a boatload, making them some of the highest paid coordinators in the nation, and that continuity was why they were so successful. And so, in the first year where we're coming back with an unexciting quarterback, but solid pieces around him and a new coaching staff, like, I'm not laying that 120 right there. Like, I need plus money to back Clemson, uh, and I just, I can't trust him going into this year.
0: Yeah, and as as we continue to roll down the list, again, we're using the DraftKings our wonderful sponsor, their odds. Uh some of the other guys up at the top, some of the other teams at the top, just sort of Miami, Pittsburgh, NC State, who I think, you know, not to not to jump ahead of the wagon here, but I think they might be riding some hype from last year and and who knows that, that one might burn some people. And then uh North Carolina as well, sort of rounding out the top there. Again, a lot of turn turnover at quarterback there and and, and some other stuff. So who really knows? Uh, I know I'm excited as we continue to, to dive in to talk about Miami more because I think that there's a, a lot of hype and a lot of typical Miami situations that are about to play out. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah so Miami is kind of like in my mind the favorite coming out of the other division uh, uh, of the Coastal and they have Tyler Van Dyke, and if I understand if uh, people didn't watch a lot of Miami games last year, they were pretty uninspiring. They came in with De'Arrick King. The De'Arrick King experiment did not work. That man collected, like, millions of dollars of NIL money and just never did anything for Miami. He just—I he, know he got injured and dealt with some injuries, yada, 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 but just, like, never did crap for them. So Miami has become kind of that 7-5 and five, uh, team, but— This year they get Mario Cristobal and Tyler Van Dyke, who I think has, like, the potential to be the best uh, quarterback in the ACC. Uh, Even, you could make the argument he's one or two right now, even, like, though we haven't seen him in a full season. But uh, the thing that worries me about uh, about their team is their offense, and Tyler Van Dyke's good, but... Uh, They lost a lot of pieces when it came to wide receiver from last year, and they're bringing in kind of some unknowns and projects. I know one from uh, Maryland and uh, some others, but every model I've looked at, though, has had a significant hike in points just because they hope some of these projects hits Uh, Tyler Van Dyke hits as probably the best quarterback in the ACC. So I like them in the Coastal, but like there's many years I've said I like Miami to make the ACC championship game and I'll see like UVA or like some other random school on the other side come out of it just because that division is typically a mess.
0: Absolutely. I'm known to refer to Miami for several reasons and I hope a lot of people agree with me with this analogy, I'm known to refer to Miami as the USC of the East. And I say that without the typical OU malice towards USC right now, but just traditionally had a really good run at one point, a school that has, you know, outlandish resources and and similar sort of recruiting advantages when it comes to hotbed of, of a place that produces a lot of people. And then also just a place that people want to live, especially if you're a guy with NIL potential, to make really good money. If I were a 18, 19 year old making a million dollars a year, you know, I would probably seriously consider going to the university of Miami as well. So Mario Cristobal, obviously coming over from Oregon where he won two PAC 12 championships and, uh, high expectations at Miami Cristobal, uh, for those that don't know, played at Miami during his uh, college time, I think uh, late eighties to early nineties. So sort of back when, when they were more relevant and and personally, I, I don't know if a lot of OU fans would agree with me, but I would love to. I know they were sort of the Darth Vader of the 80s for OU, but I would love to see Miami sort of make it back a little bit and, and be relevant. They have a, a need history, um, and I they're the ones that I'm – I don't want to say I'm rooting for them, but, but I think they're they're my uh, juiciest yeah. favorite to win, if I do have to say so, because the odds are better being not the uh, expected ones, and, and they're sort of riding that wave that uh, generally helps an up-and-coming team like Miami.
1: Yeah, and, like, we could easily get to the end of this season and Miami had, like, a solid, like, maybe, like, an 8-4 and four and the signs are pointing up. Like, Mario Cristobal, his main thing is he's an elite recruiter. Like, I wouldn't say he's an elite X's and O's coach like we saw at, uh, at Oregon. Like, he just drops dumb games sometimes. Like, he will beat Ohio State, but he'll just drop the random, like, when Stanford comes to town. Like, he'll drop against that. So, it's like, I... Miami wants immediate results and that's not the way in which they're going to get Miami back it's going to be through Mario Cristobal's elite recruiting for two three years to finally build out a roster that kind of looks like the Miami to what we're used to uh but like even then it's like with elite quarterback talent that's always going to keep you in the hunt so I think they'll be there in the end but like it wouldn't be surprising to me if they're eight and four and just like had a solid season but we didn't get to see that like elite competing for an ACC championship team yet
0: for sure and and as we move on I think that is I think that's a very realistic very I don't want to say optimistic because it sounds like they can't do it but I think that's a very realistic uh very good sort of mile marker for that team to be at uh so who knows again who knows I think that's going to be the the catchphrase of this uh of this
2: podcast as as we roll through the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you still get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same game parlays, spreads, money lines, over unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Look, the NBA Summer League is vibing out. My guys, the OKC Thunder, they're rolling. Our rookies are popping. You know I'm interested in putting down some money with DraftKings. And of course, Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Just like Chet Holmgren. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details.
0: Blake, when you continue to look at those other top teams... Uh, You know, from both divisions, I guess I kind of threw out our our, let's start with the one division first. But who else uh, who else jumps out at you? Obviously, we have the defending champs up there as well.
1: Yes. So those are the last two teams that I kind of highlighted. And the first one that I am slamming, I am finding any any conference odds, any odds to win the division NC State. This I could be buying the hype. Like, last year I came out on our gambling pod, I gave out over 7.5 wins, that cashed immediately, and I knew this team was something different, but this year they are basically returning everybody. They're bringing back Devin Leary, who, besides Tyler Van Dyke, I think is one of the top quarterbacks in the ACC, and they lose their top two rushers, but besides that, they keep their entire wide receiving core, they keep most of their line, they went, or they didn't go to uh, Clemson, but Clemson came into their house, they finally got over that hump and beat them, and I just feel like this team is the best NC State team we've seen since the Phillip Rivers era, and... I'm worried, though. Like, I'm, like, slamming them right now, but NC State, like, let's be honest here. They're a cursed school. Like, nothing good ever happens to NC State fans. We've seen it with baseball, with uh, COVID and their run getting uh, set short. I feel like I see it every football season. It's like they are the perpetual, like, 8-4 and four team. It's like NC State will never bottom out, but they'll never be elite. So it, like, worries me that I'm feeling so high on them. But uh, for some, I've seen them to win uh, the conference at... What does DraftKings have it at now? Uh,
0: Uh, Somewhere around 1,100.
1: Yeah, or, oh, uh, plus 800. And, like, I think that's... a great and then if you can find even to win uh their division I'm seeing about plus 500 where compared to Clemson is minus 220 you're basically like I'm getting plus 500 odds for them to go into Clemson's house and beat them which is great value I think and it could if we see lackluster Clemson offense like last year and uh, improved with a veteran quarterback that's probably going to be a good NFL guy one day in Devin Leary Give me that value all day long. I love the Wolfpack this year.
0: Yeah, the the big thing, and I think this is weird, and it's not necessarily even gambling insights, but I love for NC State specifically, not even to be necessarily competitive. Uh, Blake, do we have the same cup right now? Oh, no. Uh, it looks similar. Oh, mine's Yeti. Oh, okay. I think mine's we're different. slightly okay. different, okay. but yeah. it might as <laughs> well. Anyways, uh, NC State. I love their schedule. They start out at East Carolina, which is like a, an hour drive, I guess. Um, and then they have they play a, like an FCS school, Charleston Southern. Then they have Texas Tech coming in there. And uh, when you mentioned NC State being a team that sort of even when they're up, nothing ever goes right for them, I immediately thought, oh, they're exactly like a, a Texas Tech. Think back to what was it like? Oh seven, oh eight, Texas Tech where they just had the greatest Texas tech team ever fielded. And OU had Sam Bradford and Texas had Colt McCoy and, you know, Mac Brown doing good. And it's just, no matter how good they are, they're just never able to, to punch out the, I guess, in their terms, uh, Clemson and then potentially uh, right now, even UNC, but they got Texas tech coming in they're playing UConn uh, who, you know, the sad Huskies always, they got to go to Clemson. Um, and then they have to go to Syracuse. But other than that, they're pretty much playing at home like the entire time. Like Greenville, South Carolina, right by where they are. They're at home. They're at home. They're at home. They're at home. They go to Clemson, South Carolina, which is, again, no more than two hours away. They got to go to Syracuse. And then that is pretty much, I guess, Louisville is kind of a drive. And then their, other, their only other away game is at UNC, which is like 20 minutes away. They basically play at home the entire time. So if they have a run, this is going to be the year for
1: NC State fans. I agree. And, like, they were so close last year <laughs> to making the championship game. And, like, that's just typical NC State, though. Like, that's just typical NC State. Like, fumble the bag at the end, and it, this could all, like, this could be basically be burning money. But at that value, I love that analysis. They're just keeping it close to home. And yeah. plus 500, I just feel like, not necessarily a coin flip, but I think a competitive game between NC State-Clemson, you're taking plus 500 every single day of the week, so.
0: Yeah, I love that, and and again, it it's a who-knows thing because I, I am very concerned, my main concern with NC State is that a lot of this is based on last year's Clemson win, and if Clemson comes in and puts things together, especially on offense, and just blows out uh, NC State or, or just wins even by double digits, I'm concerned that NC State suffers from that sort of not not necessarily small market, but small market, smaller brand, you know, you have to be zero defect. You of course, and I'm not trying to stir the pot, but you know, this as a a TCU fan, you know, like there is same loss to the same team, same circumstances. And for Clemson or Oklahoma or Texas or whatever bigger brand, it's going to be excusable when other teams are, are sort of held to a different standard, you know, it's just the nature of the beast. So that's that's a big thing that concerns me about NC State. But like you said, returning pretty much everyone, uh, that's a big advantage. So who knows? That's the ACC motto. So uh, anyways, I think uh, we sort of discussed the the most interesting team. I Do you have anyone else for, for sort of a, a most interesting? I know it kind of blends between our – our favorites and and the most interesting are sort of one and the same.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, like, I'll I'll throw out two right here really quick. Uh, First, I think you just have to bring up Pitt because Pitt's the reigning ACC champion, but we didn't really... we won't get to see that version of Pitt ever again because, as y'all know, Kenny Pickett has now been drafted into the NFL to the Steelers. And Jordan Addison got basically bagged away uh, by Lincoln Riley and uh, got, got thrown in a bag and uh, <laughs> shipped over to Southern California. So they bring back everybody besides those two pieces, but those were like two huge pieces but in kind of a weird swapsy trade uh, they get Keaton on Slovis from USC who I thought was a pretty good quarterback. Like, he's not going to be mm-hmm. what Kenny Pickett was last year. Uh, but I'm just curious to see, like, if they're bringing back everybody besides those two guys where they stand. And uh, they lost their offensive coordinator to Nebraska, which was a pretty baffling move. Why you would want to go jump uh, take a job on the Titanic right before it's about to <laughs> head out. But uh, that's uh, for Mark Whipple to decide. But I just think they're going to be interesting. Like, they have a great defense, should be solid offense. I easily can't compete in the Coastal. It wouldn't surprise me if they're back in the championship. And then I have to mention this one just because Bobby might kill us if we don't. If we do an entire ACC uh, podcast without mentioning this team, it's Wake Forest. I know <laughs> Bobby has uh, an affinity for this team. Sam Hartman's a fun quarterback to watch. It's a fun system, but... Damn, like, do, can they not stop the ball? Like, last year, Army put, like, a 50-burger on them. And you know how Army moves. They're slow, methodical. And Army putting up 50 points on anybody's pretty stunning. So this team's going to score probably 40, 50 points a game, but they're also going to allow that uh, amount. So every game's fun with them. Every game's interesting. No matter how bad the team they're going up against, like, they're playing, they are it's going to be an offensive shootout. Like, Wake Forest just wants the ball. At the end of the day, they want that final possession to win the game, and that's kind of a fun brand of football to watch. But I don't see like Wake Forest competing for the actual championship or anything like that.
0: For sure, and I think you bring up a, a good point, and this sort of really segues us really well in, into what we're going to talk about next. But i i love I love those type of games that you just mentioned, especially because I'm a I'm an OU fan and uh, and a Navy fan, and that's pretty much it. So I, when I watch the rest of college football, I can't get into, you know, Clemson going and blowing someone out or Bama going and blowing someone out or, or whatever else. I want to see those scrappy, just, you know, mud fights of, of games. It it doesn't matter to me if they're not necessarily the, the flashiest teams or whatever else. If we got a game that's going down to the last drive or whatever else, and I see that little notification, you know, scrolling along the bottom of my TV or coming up on my phone or someone starts texting about it, I'm tuning in and, and I'm loving it. And it's, it's, I I love watching that kind of football And hopefully a lot of our viewers will agree with me. I I love that kind of football where it's just like, I don't care who wins. I'm sort of rooting for both teams and I just want to see good football being played. And, and uh, you bring up a good point with Wake Forest and, and the ACC as a whole, you know, a lot of teams, I, I like watching Florida state sometimes for some of that as well. Um, and, and even some of the you know uh, UNC we kind of glossed over them uh, but UNC with Mac Brown it's sort of like a, a house money fund. I just love any sort of tiny bit of success that he has I love it uh, because it's you know you can kind of wave it against uh, Texas I loved him going there and being successful but he's uh, he's just you know out there having fun and, and you can you can see it so that is if there is one selling point for the ACC it's it's that and I think we'd be remiss to mention, as we continue to roll on, there is a potential that a lot of these teams are possibly looking for the way out. Might even already be discussing that and in, in discussions. and And we're seeing a lot of a lot of motivation here beyond just winning the conference. I don't think we're going to see anyone in the ACC that is saying, "Oh, we're out of competition. Let's you know do this, this, and this." Everyone is going to be fighting every single game. I I think or I hope because I think a lot of these people are looking at let's write our resume because I know that, you know, it's, it's the elephant in the room. We got to touch on it, but the the SEC and the big 10 are are looking at people that the ACC keeps saying that they're looking at, at Notre Dame, which might save them as a conference, but I, I think they might be too far gone. And, and Clemson, uh, Miami has been mentioned a lot in in terms of being interesting for the SEC. Florida would obviously be a big hurdle there. Uh, Florida state and, and uh, UNC as well, also getting a ton of interest from from the uh, SEC. And then a lot of these other teams would also be Virginia Tech, you know, could go. I could see them going to the Big Ten. I could see them going to the SEC, either one. Uh, Duke potentially has a, a decent fan base, really good academics, really good basketball. Could be a Big Ten move. You, you never know. So I think a lot of these teams might be fighting for more than just the
1: ACC championship. They might be fighting for those uh, exit opportunities as well. I agree. I agree. There's so much at play this year, and like that's why this conference is going to be so much fun because I think uh, with the coupling of the realignment stuff, it's like some of these Florida schools, Miami and Florida State, like – we're getting an insane recruiting battle in that state between Miami, Florida and Florida state. Now that Mike Norvell, when he took the job at Florida (laughs) state probably thought it was going to be a little bit easier, but now you've got two of the best recruiters in the nation going up against you. So every win truly matters. Like Mike Norvell is not going to be there much longer if he's going six and six and losing recruits to Jackson state. Okay. Like that's not going to fly. So I think there's some also interesting storylines there that even if, uh, take the conference realignment out of it. Like there's some big recruiting battles versus, uh, some of the sec schools and big 10 schools that are really fascinating. That's why like this conference is so weird and like, that's why I think it's going to be very thoroughly enjoyable this year.
0: For sure. I I totally agree. I I think it's, it's going to be good football. So, uh, with that being said, and that's a perfect juicy appetizer for what we're about to dive into. What is your must-see game? And, and to be more specific, we're talking about the one that's going to be good competition, good football here. So sort of the, the brand names, we're going to get into that. What is your, your just your nasty one, your your gross football, gross teams, whatever, coming up next. So stay tuned for that. But what is your must-see game when it comes to sort of good football and, and relevance in terms of repercussions for for the winner?
1: Yeah, so it's no shocker here that both involve Clemson, and they're both at Clemson, but I think NC State at Clemson, and then Miami at Clemson, uh, I think those are kind of the three teams that are uh, just rise a little bit above uh, kind of the midfield of this conference, and really is going to be a good yardstick to seeing is this Clemson team, just like last year, where they beat the bad teams, but when they played a team that was close to them, it was either they barely came out on top or just lost outright. Those two teams are going to be interesting, like with Miami kind of throwing out a more, like, they're just going to, like, offense explosion. Whereas I think... Uh, NC State's going to play a similar game to them. I like both of those matchups because I think those will probably determine who we're seeing at the end of the year in the ACC conference game. So I think especially circle that NC State at Clemson because I think that determines their entire division.
0: For sure. And uh, the one I wanted to touch on, uh, quick, I'm not going to do this. I'm known to sort of cheat the rules and and find a way around it. But I think we do need to mention – Notre Dame playing four ACC uh, teams this year. So they're playing UNC on uh, September 24th. They're playing Syracuse, October 29th, Clemson, November 5th. That one, you could make a, a sort of gray area in the rules argument for that one, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, then November 19th against Boston College. But that that November 5th, Clemson, Notre Dame won uh, a lot of repercussions because, again, ACC, who knows? We could see in the next – because who knows with college football right now we could see as soon as we release this pod Notre Dame announces they're joining the ACC or something so that's not going to happen you know knock on wood but no one knows that's a really good one but I gotta go with Miami Clemson because you know when I look at it those are I think are going to be the teams that are are really competing for the conference I'm I'm, again pretty high on Miami with some nostalgia hopes and, and whatever else but I gotta go with I got to go with Miami Clemson for my must-see big game.
1: Yeah, and if we're going to talk a little out of conference to just circle your calendar, September 17th, at Kyle Field in College Station, Miami at A&M. That's just like a good, that's just like, it's going to be a funky uniform matchup. Like, those are all really weird colors, but just like, if you like to see brands and brands play football like that's a great one to see and i think two programs that are trying to do pretty similar things when it comes to recruiting uh playing each other like i just think that's like a fun very fun non-conference game even though it probably won't decide the fates of either programs this year (laughs) yeah
0: i was gonna say i I don't know if there's a, a metric for it but could that be the highest paid college football game of the year could that be the Game where there's the most nil money on both sides combined. it has to be. I, mean, I don't <laughs> it know. Has yeah.
1: <laughs> it has to be. Tennessee fans in the chat might be a little bit mad because I know they love to brag about how much they'll play pay their guys. But I think like when you think of nil backdroppers, the two this year that have been just like relentless. Like Tennessee and some of those other programs, they'll get they'll throw a bag at one guy to get them there. But like they've just been relentlessly like not blank check, but giving them base salaries to just come and play for the respective organizations.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's in, in Miami as well. So uh, with that out of the way, here's the, the exciting one, the juicy one. What is your – we're calling it a sickos game. Uh, what is your – could have a juicy line or it could just be entertaining to watch. It, it could just be like, you know, watching two, two drunk monkeys brawling over uh, – a I don't even know a banana, whatever, whatever. They uh, should have written down my analogies here. But uh, what is your what is your nasty game? What is your in the mud, just garbage football? But it can't help but be what's your your fast food of games? Since we just talked about the the high class food, what's your fast food? Can't resist that craving. Got to see this game.
1: It's Duke at Georgia Tech. Like this game's gonna be so gross. Like I was just looking at it. Like Duke. Uh, they're both going to be abysmal programs, and Duke is probably going to lose to Kansas this year. Like, they play each other, and I think Kansas is going to beat Duke. That's how bad I think Duke is. And then Georgia Tech, just, they were the original scrappy dogs. That's how we got the scrappy dog moniker, was Georgia Tech kept on covering the spread, but last year, 3-9. and nine, Horrible horrible display of uh <laughs> of just like they can be scrappy but they just never add wins which is like a problem at the end of the day and ever since paul johnson retired and they went away from the triple option it's just been bad like it's been bad like the transition they had uh one guy what's his name i always forget oh Um, oh, Jamar Gibbs, who's now at Alabama, like, was one of the top, uh, one of the top transfers this year. They lost him, and that was, like, their only offense to get him the three wins last year, and God help them, they have nobody else behind him, so it's going to be bad. Like, I just it's going to be not to spoil some win totals but i would be slamming the <laughs> unders on both of those on both of those schools because it's just they're going to be abysmal programs this year they get they could easily both have one and two losses apiece or two wins apiece by the end of the year
0: for sure and and stay tuned this pod as, as we dive into to win totals to sort of wrap us up but for me uh, i got to call myself out uh, if you guys watch and and i encourage you to watch on, on YouTube, we stream live, and then they're available on YouTube, are we weekend spread, especially uh, I make signs throughout the season. So I got to throw up the Sonic the Hedgehog, call myself out for, for sort of hedging here, but the Sonic the Hedgehog sign is up. Got to go fast. Uh, but I'm going to hedge. So my must-see good game was based on Miami being good, but I'm going to hedge that because it's Miami, and we've heard this so many times. So my must-see nasty game is going to include a scenario where Miami is disappointing. And that is, uh, oh, it clicked out of my notes here. That is Miami at Pitt. It is uh, Saturday, November 26th, the last week of the ACC before the ACC championship. So I'm almost basing this on uh, maybe Miami being not necessarily super disappointing, but but underperforming. Obviously, they, they picked Clemson the week before on, uh, on the 19th. So you know, maybe they drop that game and then they have to win this one for a rematch because Pitt is is performing well and and whatever else. But I I just think that there's a really high potential for people to get really high on Miami and then Miami to underperform really high expectations, but but to do well. Uh, like we talked about, that eight and four goal I think is is really good for this Miami team. I could I could easily see him being a six and six team. Um, unfortunately, because that's just you know that's how it is with a new. Everything coming in, especially when there's a lot of pressure and and um, not a lot of time and, and all sorts of external factors. So who knows? But I I really think that this Miami Pit game, because those are sort of the two uh, wild card teams that are on the upper end. Obviously, anyone can upset anyone, but I'm I'm kind of betting on that sort of Pit super weapon that we like to talk about. Uh, Pit being disappointing, but still having upset potential against people. And then Miami maybe in a scenario where they're fighting for their life could potentially make it to the championship or maybe they're fighting for a bowl game there. I just think that they're two very equally matched teams. And um, who knows? But I, I like that one. But I, I got to say, Blake, years was I don't think – there's going to be a nastier one. <laughs> than, it's than going to be gross, yeah.
1: And it's probably going to show up on the weekend spread. Like whenever that week comes around, somebody's going to choose it as their wild card game. Like these are potential. Like they are going to be bottom of the barrel. P five conference. Like it's going to be bad,
0: for sure. So uh, now that we've discussed sort of winning the conference, to to wrap us up. Uh, let's dive into what are we feeling on, on wind totals over and unders. We're not going to go through all of them, uh, but I, I, I do think we need to touch on, you know, Clemson specifically and and maybe Miami specifically, and then UNC, some of the top guys and then just anything else that, that jumps out at us. So uh, Blake, I'll let you take it. I, I know you have some good notes on this.
1: Yeah. So uh, there's a few that I highlighted spoiled to already Duke, over under three, if you can find a three and a half, if it ever moves, slam it under. Like, looking at their schedules, first off, for Duke, their non conference is Temple, Northwestern, North Carolina, ANT, and Kansas. And I think out of all those, the only guaranteed one is North Carolina, and I think Temple, they're bad, but we'll give them, like, it's just like two bad teams going up against one another. Like, anything could happen. Northwestern, I think, is a better coach team. And then Kansas, returning a lot of talent, gave a lot of people the Big 12 fits. Like, I think they're kind of on the up-and-up in Kansas terms. So you're basically only getting one before going into conference play. And then after that, you really only have a legitimate chance to beat Georgia Tech. So I can't see. At best, I can see three wins you push. and But that's the best I see for that program. And then Georgia Tech... You look at their schedule, and my oh my, how is this team, how is it three and a half wins? How? How? They open up with Clemson. That is an L. They decide to play Western Carolina, good, FCS, there you go. Like, you get a win there. Then they play Ole Miss, loss. Then they decide not to go P5, they go group of five, and decide to play UCF loss like what is the scheduling going on for georgia tech and then you go into conference and you're only kind of like i said with uh with duke your only probably win is going to be duke and so you're only only getting two wins there and with three and a half there's no way they string together four. like even if they're competitive there's no way they string together four. considering all these other uh teams kind of like that they play against are, they're not the doldrums of the ACC, but they float around the middle. And remember, Georgia Tech has a rivalry game versus Georgia, and so they are definitely not beating Georgia, and it's at Georgia this year. So those were two of the big unders that uh, I saw. And then, no surprise here, just like I've been slamming with conference features, but give me NC State over 8.5 wins. Like, that is... A, I just nine and three last year. They already did it once. I think they could do it again. Uh, do it again. And as Ty said earlier, like they have a really favorable schedule. That going into Clemson on October first, they could be four and zero. Oh. And really, besides that, they avoid Miami. They avoid Pitt. Uh, from the other uh, division, which are kind of like your two thorns in your side. If you're like looking at their schedule, they avoid those two teams. So I think they're favored in... Most games, probably every single game besides Clemson and maybe North Carolina, depending on how they do. But I like North Carolina's uh, state schedule because basically every good team they play besides Clemson, they play it at home.
0: For sure. Uh, the big thing that jumps out to me when I look at these win totals, again, courtesy of DraftKings, is they all seem very, very hot right now it it, to to the point where obviously I'd have to sit down and crunch the numbers but it seems like it's just straight up not even mathematically possible for even half of these to occur because so many teams are at eight and a half seven and a half you know six and a half even that it's just it's rough but uh Clemson you know ten and a half mm, I don't know because again ACC who knows but uh Miami also uh, eight and a half. So they got to have nine wins to hit that over. I don't know on that one. And, and then even UNC seven and a half. God, it, it still seems they all seem sort of one too high for me, but I guess that's the, uh, that's the point. So I really, when I look at one that jumps out, I gotta do, I gotta do the sickos thing and, and go with, with the Kansas of the ACC. I gotta say, Maybe something crazy happens and Duke hits three. No stop! <laughs> They're gonna
1: be even worse than Georgia Tech. Like there is no way. There is no way. Looking at their schedule, there there is. I will. I wouldn't say bet my life on it, but pretty dang close that they do not win four games. There no, is no way. At best, you get a push here.
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Let me let me pull up their schedule real quick. But I, you know, I, I've been known to just be burned year after year by taking the the um kansas over two wins or over four wins or whatever so uh they won their spring game which is good that's a good start to the season uh doesn't count towards the win total but uh that they got some momentum there temple i don't know anything about temple but i'm gonna assume win maybe uh northwestern that's probably a loss north carolina a i'll give them the win Kansas. I'll give them the win there. And then, uh, Georgia tech. Yeah. I feel like it's all, it's all there without having to, to do anything crazy. So do means- super weapon. Uh, you're just betting against them because you don't like coach K. Yeah. He's not there. Anymore. <laughs> <They got you. laughs> well, he might be in the stands. So, uh, yeah, but I, I don't, I really don't, uh, when I look at the, the win totals, I like a if I were to put real money on if I had to put real money on on every single one of these win totals I'd probably be taking the under on most of them. You know, all, all joking aside, even that Duke one, I think that's an under. The Clemson one, I think the safe bet is the under. Eleven wins is just a lot for a it's team a that lost its defensive coordinator. Its quarterback has been disappointing. They're seeing a lot of turnover that they're not used to, which is a big thing. And they have um, to play
1: Notre Dame and NC State and just like they yeah. generally will lose one game in conference and yeah. then you have to play Notre Dame.
0: So maybe, you know what, it, mentioning that, I, I think I, I glossed over this. Maybe that NC State nine wins because they're at eight and a half, uh, according to, to the numbers I have on DraftKings. NC State to win nine games, I feel like could be the, the safe. That's probably one of the only ones I would take the over on.
1: Yeah, they, like, the ACC, I think, like, this year, it's going to be a big 6-6 six and six conference, like, turn out a lot of bowl teams, but, like, not really, like, there's probably like a very few elite teams and then the rest are like six and six or nothing like i just think it's going to be a lot of those like they have a lot of feisty teams like we didn't talk about some of them but like syracuse is going to be really feisty this year phil drukovic coming back for boston college he's going to be a great quarterback like they're always going to be good florida state has that history has the recruits they're gonna be like in UC, like with these win totals, they're all putting them around six and a half because they're gonna be they're gonna be six and six, seven and five teams, but they're gonna be really scrappy uh, at those uh at those records. So this is just gonna be a really like if you love to bet conference futures and win totals, like this is gonna be a good one because there's really not like any for sure games besides a few like if it's a Clemson or one of those teams, but a lot of coin flips. But that's what makes this conference fun. So.
0: For sure. As, as we start to sort of wrap up here, I, th- I think that's a good point The if I had to summarize the ACC next season in, in three phrases, it would be again, you know, repeating themes. First off, who knows? Uh, because we don't know. There could be a team like Clemson who could shock us and come out and be a, a, a playoff contender, or they could be a four loss team and maybe even more. We, we just don't know right now. There's so many factors at play. Uh, the second one i think it's going to be an extremely internally competitive conference like you said it's it's not going to be national relevance you know i, I don't think a whole lot of these games are going to be making waves nationally and, and changing how things go but you know if you're if you're a fan of an ACC team i think you're going to be on the edge of your seat most weekends and you know some people don't want that you know obviously there's a lot of fans that are like God, I wish I was Bama and and we were just sweeping people and I didn't have to stress over it. and I could order my national champion shirt, you know, a year in advance or whatever else. But uh, for a non-ACC fan, if you're not associated with any one of these teams like we are, that's really good news because we got some really interesting games. And uh, the third point, I think there's going to be some really, really juicy as we continue to to roll into the weekend spread. I think there's going to be some really juicy gambling within the ACC, probably more so than any other power five conference. I'm going to call it right now. And that's predicated on this uh, assumption that they're going to be really internally competitive. I, I think we're going to see, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed. I think we're going to see a lot of really, really razor thin lines and uh, you know, over unders and all sorts of stuff that are going to be really competitive. I think there's going to be a lot of money made, a lot of money lost when we start to look at gambling within, within the ACC next season. Couldn't have said it any better, Ty. <laughs> All right. So with that, uh now Commodore Boat and Blake, do you have anything else uh
1: you'd like to uh you'd like to uh add? Yeah, just great talking some ACC football, and look forward to next week, as I believe next week is the G5 conferences, my favorite ones to talk about. Bobby and I will be talking some Fun Belt, some MAC, some uh, Mountain West, um, some AAC maybe a little bit. That one's not as fun to talk about, but the big ones, the ones that always are featured on our wild card we are gonna get you informed, and it's gonna be a must listen episode because I know most listeners don't know what the hell is going on in the Mountain West right now. So,
0: for sure, uh, yeah. I the group of five. It's you never know. Uh, shout out to to my uh, Boco Boco the Bobcat at Texas State, the only worthwhile group of five team. Um, but with that, I want to say thank you to all of our fans and all of our listeners again. Uh, we have a lot of exciting content for the season coming up with the regular schooner pod uh, and then various offshoots of that. And then of course the weekend spread with Commodore Boat and Blake, he comes and joins Bobby and Jamison and I, uh, we break down gambling within the big 12, all the lines, all the odds, all the juicy stuff. And uh, you know, we might not have the best picks, but we'll at least bring the games up. So you can do your own research or, or look into your own stuff again, when you're gambling, if you gamble, uh, you know, seek help if you need it, but we recommend our wonderful sponsors at DraftKings. And uh, if you want to support the Schooner Pod and the Weekend Spread, please like and subscribe on wherever you listen to us on podcasts. Consider tuning in live uh, on YouTube when you can or, or watching and liking and subscribing on YouTube. And uh, we would really appreciate that. And, and please don't hesitate to hit us up in the comments on any of our stuff and uh, let us know what you want to see more of. So with that... Commodore Boat and Blake, thank you for uh for joining us. And uh that's gonna be all for tonight. I look forward to seeing all of you all uh next week on the group of five and then uh, as next week's scooter pod as well, and then as we roll into this super exciting season, one of the most exciting seasons of, of college football in terms of storylines and everything else uh yet. So tune in to college football and college football content while you can, because uh, I think the sport's going to be dead in about three years when we just have a mini NFL. So uh, thank you guys for joining us tonight. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that'll be it for uh, Commodore Boat and Blake and I.